sans le Maroc, le parfum n'existerait pas. If I hadn't encountered Morocco, perfume making would not have even occurred to me. Serge Lutens. Perfume writer. C'est un pont tendu entre l'image et les mots. The bridge between the image and words. When Serge Lutens decided to launch his perfume label in the early 90s, it was far from his first attempt. He had first tried his hands at perfume making 10 years before with Nombre Noir from Shiseido. The fragrance went on to become iconic, with Lutens mostly contributing to its packaging design. Its success gave Lutens a thirst for more. He went on to create another, this time more personal, perfume for Shiseido called Féminité du Bois. Coming from the north of France, perfume wasn't exactly the most obvious path for Lutens. Hailing from a family where grooming was limited to plain soap, Serge didn't really like perfume, especially of the kind that dominated the market in the 80s. Artificial scents that caricatured the image of women, with tried and tested formulas reminiscent of grandma's old scents. The same was true for men's perfumes, which played up with the image of the businessman with exaggerated virility. The product of hardened marketing imperatives that had become increasingly brazen, perfumes had lost all authenticity. Serge was determined to restore perfume making to its original grandeur. A conviction he had held close to his heart since his first trip to Morocco in 1968. Serge's introduction to the country played a crucial role in awakening his senses, especially his sense of smell. The discovery of Atlas Cedarwood and the raisins hidden in the souks of Marrakesh was just the push he needed to pursue perfume making as a venture with a renewed focus on authenticity. He decided to give primary ingredients the pride of place, a bold and unique choice which broke definitely from the perfumes of the time that had been reduced to watered-down blends of indiscernible ingredients. Perfumes had lost their soul. Serge would go on to lead the fight for authenticity, with Féminité du Bois as his Trojan horse. Its launch returned the spotlight to raw materials, which, in its case, was cedar wood, dominating 60% of the composition. It was unheard of. When Serge had first explained his concept to different perfume houses two years before its appearance on the scene, he had left their teams speechless with the idea of a perfume that was at once so concentrated and also meant to be unisex. A sacrilege for the perfume industry in 1990, which had separated its audience into two distinct genders for decades with a view to increasing their sales. Serge Lutens couldn't care less. He knew full well that roses could be used to perfume the tweed jackets of English gentlemen and that elderly men sprayed themselves with musk from the Medina in Marrakesh before going to the mosque. With Féminité du Bois and the perfumes that followed, Serge would propose perfumes that could be worn by all genders, even if it meant going against the conventions of the industry. 
Time would prove him right. Slowly but surely, his perfumes attracted a select audience of nonconformists who were secure enough in themselves to openly assert their choices, tastes, and individuality. Society was changing, and alternative voices were emerging. They remained a minority, but were a strong enough presence to allow the Serge Lutin's perfume adventure to continue, as it evolved to take on a more sensitive, literary approach. Tubéreuse criminelle, musque Kublaïkan, cuir mauresque, ambre sultan. His compositions centered entirely around names such as these, which conjured up fantastic visions from long-forgotten tales. The public was smitten by this new way of conceptualizing perfume and bought his fragrances in droves. In the early 2000s, Serge Lutin's perfumes won multiple Fifi Awards in recognition of their originality and this new approach to writing perfume. Never one to rest on his laurels, Serge was already raring to move beyond the concept he had just created. Perfume giants had already appropriated his formula, going overboard on the use of primary ingredients in their compositions, which he found tiresome. From there on, his perfumes began to become more personal and bear the traces of his life. Their names morphed accordingly. La fille de Berlin, l'orpheline, cannibale, fils de joie. Each perfume was like a character in a novel, with a unique and dreadful story in which each person could identify a part of themselves, whether radiant or tragic. Essences were no longer the sole focus, but had now become the means to shaping this new vision. Serge would lock himself in the laboratory for days on end to coax them, to confess their secrets and unleash their powers. Christopher Sheldrake, who has helped him perfect his fragrances for over 30 years now, and other famous noses such as Pierre Bourdon, Gilles Romet, and Maurice Roussel, with whom he has collaborated on and off, were all stunned by this unflagging dedication, which was completely unheard of. Serge Lutens refused to delegate any part of the process and retained full control over his vision. His commitment was absolute and went way beyond merely executing a brief. From whispered secrets to stories that hit like a punch to the gut, Serge bared his soul, sharing olfactory souvenirs from his various trips, amidst cries of laughter and streams of tears, serving up his life on a platter and infusing his perfumes with a kind of authenticity that remains unparalleled to this date. Serge Lutens, one gets the sense that perfume is something that happened by the way for you. You didn't particularly like perfume, nor did you attend perfume school, yet you decided to try your hand at creating fragrances. Could you explain this choice? 
comme tous les autres en fait. Like everything else, it wasn't really a choice. C'est-à-dire qu'en fait, ça se présente devant vous. Let me put it like this. A choice is never really conscious. Dès la naissance, ce choix prendra plusieurs directions. C'est-à-dire que la direction ne change pas, j'en ai parlé. That is to say, life presents itself and a kind of invisible choice is made. From the moment of birth, this choice takes many directions. But in the end, as I said, it's all one direction. It all boils down to the same thing. Que ce soit au travers des images ou à travers d'autres choses, l'homme ne choisit pas toujours les moyens qui lui sont donnés, si vous voulez. Whether it is through images or something else, man does not choose the means given to him. That's how it is. Things happen in the course of his life. And these form the elements of his choice. In my case, I started making perfumes instead of creating images. C'est un choix sans choix. Voilà, je devais substituer l'image à quelque chose. Donc le parfum s'est présenté comme cela. It wasn't really a choice because I had no choice in the matter. In other words, it was the only choice. So yes, I had to find something to replace photos. If I hadn't encountered Morocco, perfume making would not have even occurred to me, which is to say that it didn't interest me at all. The aromas and scents of Morocco ushered me into the world of fragrances. Cette rencontre d'abord avec cette culture, mais au départ, il n'y a même pas l'intention de faire de parfums. Je les mémorise, je ramasse des éléments, des petits bouts d'ambre. So, it was my meeting with this culture that made it possible because I had no intention of making perfume when I started out. I memorized these smells, I collected souvenirs, small pieces of amber from the souk, things hidden in boxes, scents that left a stain, odors that rung in my ears, like the smell of cedar wood in the Medina, in the woodworking shops, as if they were selling confectionery made of wood. Cedar wood has a rich animalic smell, but also a kind of smooth balsamic aroma. Qui a croisé ces petites échoppes de menuiserie dans la Medina de Marrakech ne s'en souvient toujours. Anyone who has walked past these small woodworking shops in the Marrakech Medina will remember that smell for life. Cet arbre, on dit que c'est le seul arbre que Dieu aurait planté de ses propres mains. As for the tree, it is both soft and deeply intelligent. Legend has it that God planted the cedar trees in Lebanon with his own two hands. But anyway, perfume for me is a bridge between the image and words, like a kind of hyphen that guides me from one to the other. So it takes me by the hand and leads me to the word, to all that is literary, and it is impossible to escape what is written. The written word is sacred in that way. Par l'écriture qu'on ne peut pas montrer par l'image. Et le parfum est un intermédiaire. Le parfum, c'est le sens de l'évaluation. Which is to say that one can say through writing what cannot be shown through a photograph. And for me, perfume is the intermediary. Perfume is a means of evaluation. Through smell, one can sense danger, disgust and love. All three of these things which together create an impression. So in fact, The nose is not merely an instrument for buying perfumes, not at all. It has a more fundamental role than that. C'est quelque chose d'important. Il existe chez les animaux, il existe chez nous, d'une façon euh, tout à fait différente, j'imagine. 
mais néanmoins il est là. The sense of smell is something we share with animals. It may take a different form with us, but it is present nonetheless. I have, for instance, smelt certain fragrances which were considered appealing 2,000 years ago. Not in Europe, but in the East. C'était terrible. C'était affreux. Terrifying. Awful things. Pour nous, aujourd'hui, nous avons certainement un mièvri. Notre sens olfactif est certainement endommagé. But our olfactory senses have become so mollified over time, dulled by overconsumption and by perfumes themselves. Perfumes must therefore find a way back. They must become stronger and more authentic, less sentimental and apologetic. In a way, humans were more whole when they knew less, as compared to now, when we have access to everything. Et retrouver ce chemin, cette toile d'araignée où on doit marcher. So, finding a way back is a little like walking across a spider web, which the spider does using special claws on the feet that prevent it from getting stuck. And we must do the same. C'est quand même extraordinaire, cette histoire. Comment on peut expliquer ça? It's quite extraordinary, really. When you come to think of it, how does one even begin to explain this adaptation? It's a miracle, simply extraordinary. Nature is a constant teacher reminding us of our place in the world. But humility is no longer in fashion, alas. Mais l'humilité n'est pas à la mode, hein? oh là là. Without really setting out to do so, You created a new category of niche perfume labels. How do you feel about this model? Y a pas de modèle, c'est-à-dire j'ai initié une parfumerie, si vous voulez, je vous l'ai dit, à partir des de mes propres goûts, de mes rencontres avec les odeurs au Maroc. There is no model as such. I simply launched myself into perfume making, as I said, with my own tastes and my own encounters with the scents of Morocco as a starting point. I was being true to myself, but there was also an element of rebellion to it. Le fait de vouloir qu'elle soit arabe et non pas orientale, <laughs> c'était très différent. Un coup de poing ou un coup de pied dans la fourmilière, si vous voulez. I wanted my perfumes to be Arabic and not Oriental, which are two different things. I not only wanted to stir up a hornet's nest, but completely tear it apart in a way. Il y a toujours de la révolte dans la création. Rebellion is an important part of creation. Je ne me positionne pas par rapport à As for how I feel, well, I don't position myself with respect to a word that is simply invented by marketing teams who appropriate my way of seeing and doing things to imitate and create pale copies. C'est donc une malhonnêteté profonde. Et en fait, ce qui était personnel est devenu commun. There is a deep dishonesty to it. And in the end, what is intensely personal has become commonplace. All these brands which call themselves niche, which speak of collections, this and that, you know, none of it interests me. Je ne suis jamais, disons, casé dans une niche ou dans quoi que ce soit ou dans une quelconque alvéole. I have never slotted myself into a niche or put myself into a box of any kind. C'est le métier, c'est le commerce. All that is the language and logic of business which needs to copy, duplicate and standardize products for the market, killing all art in the process. My story is completely personal and has nothing to do with the noise of the bazaar, which is just a meaningless pastiche. 
Mon histoire est complètement personnelle et n'a rien à voir avec tout ce bazar. C'est de la bricole tout ça. You have become a point of reference for perfume professionals and laymen alike. Many cite you as a benchmark to aspire to. What do you think of this? Bah, si l'adultère est une référence, je suis très content. <laughs> If adultery has become a point of reference, so be it. It makes me happy, which is to say that if this is truly the case, then we can finally consider these mistakes as societal aberrations rather than as human failings. It is possible to accept the mistakes humans make. Scales sont acceptables. Celles de la société sont inexcusables. But the errors of society are inexcusable because they are the product of a mob. The group doesn't think it's hungry, ferocious, evil, cruel, and unerringly stupid beast. You now have close to a hundred perfumes to your name. Do you still feel inspired to write through perfume? Je me laisse guider. La création, c'est pas le moment où vous intervenez, c'est l'instant où vous vous laissez aller. I let myself be guided. Creation does not happen in the moment when you act, but when you let yourself be acted upon. That is, when you become the object of something. There is only one creative process and one creator, which I reiterate, is God. Je n'existe plus. Pour créer, il faut accepter When I'm guided in this way, I no longer exist. In order to create, one must let oneself become invisible and simply be moved by the hands of the unconscious. Only then can one begin to really exist. La création n'existe pas dans le conscient. Elle peut exister jusqu'à un certain point, si vous voulez bien entendu. Creation is not a conscious process. Of course, it exists consciously up to a certain point. But beyond that, it's in the hands of the unconscious. It is the unconscious that creates and that directs all creation. C'est l'inconscient qui crée. C'est lui qui dirige. Today's generation knows you more for your perfumes than your photographic work. Does that matter to you? Si je suis connu plus pour ça, mais au fond, c'est la même chose. Ça m'est complètement égal. If that's what I'm known for, I don't mind at all because it's all the same thing in the end. The way I use these things is identical. Like I said, perfume for me is a bridge between the image and words, a kind of connector, which takes me to something else, gives me another tool to work with. It gives me opportunities to speak, to express, to respond, and even to exact my revenge. D'exprimer, de répondre, et même de venger.